This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. What a joy to be with you again. And Frederick, I cannot believe it. It's the end of the year. Wow, wow, wow. Yes, and just seems to have gone so quickly, Suki. Yeah. And I think we're in December, we're on our 16th month of... Uh, recordings and wow. discussions and conversations. Wow, it's we've incredible. done a lot, eh? Sixty-something mm. programs already. Sixteen, yeah. Sixteenth uh, month. Yes. Times four. Exactly. Uh, That's uh, why I'm saying it's sixty-something mm, programs. Mm, yeah, yeah, <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. dear listeners, if you haven't listened all the time, and you maybe only discovered us recently. We want to invite you to go back to those podcasts. You know, they're all there waiting for you to be enjoyed. And if you find any help or encouragement in our programs, be sure to go back. Um, every month we have a certain uh, focus topic. And actually, maybe, Frederick, it would have been great to go through all the topics, the, the month topics that we've done. Maybe mm. we can do that another time. Yep. But um, so And so if this month, last month, we did about how to be a friend of people struggling with addictions. Uh, last month, we were talking about how to help people in, in the correct way. Yeah, uh, but exactly how to be mm. a friend in a helpful way. Mm. Because sometimes we think we help, but help is not always help, especially when it comes to addictions. Mm. Mm. How you say in Afrikaans, ons help hulle van die walaf en die sloot. But so that means to to really not help people when we think we are helping because we're actually helping them to continue instead of helping them to stop with whatever mm, they're mm, doing. Mm, mm. And it's so hard to not to get it mixed up in some way. So listeners, if you missed last month, be sure to tune in or to go to the podcast. And maybe, Frederick, you can give us the podcast address. Mm, so it is www.kpulpit.co.za forward slash podcasts forward slash into me see. And that is where you will be able to get the podcasts. Mm. Thank you, Suki, for that intro. And I think as you were talking about what we talked about last month, it moved very easily into what we are going to be doing in December. Mm. It's um, what you said is the silly season. Mm -hmm. and we're going into December and it's Christmas and then New Year and stopping working and these shops always close. And um, there are many challenges, especially with those that are struggling with some hurt, hang up or habit or an addiction. Mm. And so we're going to be talking this month about what does it mean to have a recovery friend, mm. to have a friend that will be able to journey and go through this season with a lot more ease mm. and, and not draw us back into whatever default, negative default behaviors that we go into. Yes, absolutely. And before we, we go into more of this month, I also just want to um, reflect a little bit on this month, that is December now. Mm. It's the end of the year, the 12th month of the year. Just the other day, we had 600 days of lockdown. Mm. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's been a long, long time. It's been a hard year. Mm. I mean, 2020 was super hard. 
But 2021, a lot of the issues we had in 2020 actually prolonged with the virus and the lockdown and the uncertainty. We hadn't had a hard, hard lockdown, but we had a few lockdowns where we were more restricted mm. than other times. Yeah, it doesn't just affect um, the lockdowns in itself, but just the pandemic and just the constant um, presence of the pandemic. Mm. And, and, you know, in this last year, an issue that has come up is the the very thing about the vaccination, you know, mm. getting the vaccination mm. and not getting the vaccination. And uh, we don't go into the program about that, but that brings stress. Mm. No matter on which side of the the, uh, the argument you are on, it brings stress and mm. it brings difficulties and um, it impacts our lives, our daily lives. And if you, like myself, uh, moving away from addictions and no longer wanting to act out, these bring extra stress and mm. make us more vulnerable. Mm. And if you are prone to addiction, like Frederick, maybe you want to tell people a little bit about yours because many people I know are struggling with with depression. And of the two of us, I'm the one struggling with anxiety. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely, Suki. I'd love to share a little bit about um, my times uh, over these seasons. Mm. There are particular seasons where I find myself more vulnerable than other seasons. Mm. And uh, Christmas time is one of those seasons where um, because of childhood wounds that um, I become depressed. Mm. And so I need to guard against coming becoming depressed. Mm. So I've had light depressions, but mm. I'm able to focus away from the depression. Mm -hmm. But not only that, um, my addiction, which is a process addiction, and in my specific case, it's an addiction to sexual addiction, um, specifically to pornography. Mm -hmm. And to be so vigilant in this time where it can either be a lonely time because mm -hmm. we are not going to be getting to our families mm -hmm. uh, very easily for Christmas, and uh, many other people are going away, so there are less connections. Mm. And the support groups, um, besides this, um, the, the recovery support groups, they will continue. But other people that are going away. Mm. And uh, so we are lose, I'm losing those connections, mm. which makes me more vulnerable um, to be able to, f to fall back and to be tempted to fall back into the mm. addiction. And then it's wonderful. I mean, you've been sober now for four years, more than four years, right? Mm, mm, um, mm, but mm. still, like you say, we need to be aware of those tendencies. Yes. And we have the Lord Jesus. We mm, are not saying mm. we are open to sin, but uh, we need to live in the Spirit and mm, according to mm, the Spirit. Mm, and some mm, people will say, yeah, but why do you even mention this? If you w walk according to the Spirit, why do you think this is an issue? Yeah, well, exactly, Suki. Um, you know, living according to the Spirit, that I think is very much to do with our awareness. And, um, you know, Paul writes to us and he says, we need to renew our minds mm. and mm. Uh, we need to be transformed mm. by the renewing of our mm. minds. Romans 12 is 1 and 2. And mm. that is exactly what we are called to do over this, what we are labeling a silly season, mm. 
is that when those feelings of depression kick in, is to say, but what is happening now? Mm. What am I aware of? How am I able to renew my mind, to think differently, to think in a positive direction, to reach out and make a connection with another human being? Mm. And, and that's that not your wife, eh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is very easy yeah. to connect, mm. and um, because with mm. with with my own with my spouse, um, mm. with you. Suki, but we see each other every day. Sometimes mm. we need other people, and yeah. of course, on holiday times, we have friends and we have family coming. Mm. But sometimes that adds more stress, <laughs> mm. especially mm. if it's like family in law or whatever that are coming, and they all have their own dysfunctional. And maybe I'm just thinking, you know, you don't have a problem with alcohol, but I'm thinking how hard it must be in this season for people mm, struggling mm, that mm. are maybe alcoholics and they've been in recovery for a long time mm. and they don't they don't struggle with alcohol anymore, but they have family that come and everybody's drinking, right? Yeah. Yep. yep, um, yep and yep. even with, with you and with us and our situation. We don't have that particular situation, but I know my mom will be there and my sister, and we talk a lot. Mm, mm. <laughs> and Frederick sometimes says he needs to put up his hand to get a chance to say something because <laughs> when all the ladies are talking, he doesn't get a mm, turn. Mm. Yeah, that is not the main thing, Suki. I mm. think um, we're able to navigate mama mm, and, and, mm. and your sister. I'm able to do that. I think more in uh, in my case, and I think in perhaps uh, many of the listeners' uh, environments, mm. there's loneliness. Mm. In mm. other words, they they don't have family to come over, mm. uh, or the family is just far away. You know, mm. we hear of so many grandmas and grandpas that have their children overseas mm. and the grand mm. the grandchildren, and uh, then this is a season where they are reminded. Um, they're not here. Mm, mm. And that's people that have family overseas. But then I think especially in, in this year, there are going to be many of the listeners that have lost loved ones exactly over mm. the du during lockdown and during the pandemic due to the pandemic and the virus. Mm. And or that, other things that happen mm, during the year, mm, accidents. Mm. So many things are happening, even trauma with political violence and... Yeah. yeah, so those people face the extra strain mm. of negotiating and working through those mm. pains as perhaps the first Christmas without mom or dad or or a son or a you know parents. Mm. Um, so those are the challenging times that people are going to be facing yes. and that we are yeah. facing in in this season. Right. Let's talk a little bit more about the grief because I think that's important. But um, before we do that, we need to take a quick break and we'll see you after the break. Yes. Thank you very much. Mm. Yes, Frederick. I'm so grateful that you mentioned grief because, you know, in our culture, we are not good with handling grief. Mm. Uh, I think in the Western culture generally. Mm. Hey? Mm. In other mm. cultures, people sometimes would wear something around their um, upper arm or something that shows people. But here, it seems like after two months, people think, okay, you need to continue with your yeah, life now. Yeah, just get on with it. Mm, yeah. What's your problem? Even if you lost a, a child or a husband or um, a loved one. Mm, and mm, uh, mm. it's uh, uh, the one thing that I've learned through all our struggles um, 
with addiction and all the issues that we've had um, is to grieve actively mm, and mm, not to mm. be shy to grieve and to and to take time every morning and to think about the things that make me sad because sometimes we suppress that mm. we just think oh you know i need to continue with my life i can't and it and it will continue to haunt you you will not be able to let go. You will not be able to work through the grief if we don't grieve actively. I had actually bought a book for myself to help me to work through it. And I, I got a A4 book where I wrote answers and I cried and I prayed and I used the laments of in the Bible, Psalms, mm, mm. to actively cry and to let go and to, and be, to be sad. Mm. So in the mornings I used to take like, half an hour or hour and just sitting and reading lament psalms and thinking about what's making me sad because feeling is healing. Mm -hmm. It sounds like work, Suki, and mm. that I think is why they call it grief work. Exactly. Um, it's something that is very intentional and it's not just happen and it's not just about feeling sad but it's about going through the different stages mm. of, of that grief. Exactly. Mm. And that takes time and it's not linear, right? Mm. Kubler-Rosk mm. gives those five stages, denial, anger, uh, mm. negotiating, and I can't remember the other one now, and then acceptance. Mm. But it, it's, it's all mixed up. Mm. And with grief, there's a whole lot of other emotions like anger. A whole, so it's very confusing, the mm. process of mm. grieving. Mm. And then I also want to say, we mentioned now loss of loved ones. But what about just the loss of what we struggle with when we have a partner struggling with addiction, mm, not mm, the connection that we're yearning yep. for. We might feel lonely with our mm, partner mm. because he's not able to connect because he's struggling with an addiction. Mm. And uh, maybe you can say something about that. Sure, Suki, yes. And I think um, being a recovering uh, sex addict myself, I can totally relate with that because the typical default behavior um, of many addicts, if not all of them, is to withdraw and is to isolate. And um, if they are not in active uh, recovery work and restoration, then it's so easy to fall back into those default uh, dysfunctional behaviors. And that is when the partner, whether it be a, a, the, the wife or the husband, and is when they experience that distancing and that disconnect and the disengagement. Because the addict um, actually has a, a close connection with his substance or, or, or whatever or, it is. Or behavior. Behavior. Yeah. So it could be, the, you know, when people drinking, they sit alone. I remember with my father that used to be an alcoholic. He used to sit for hours on his chair and just be very happy with his glass mm, drinking, mm, right? Mm, mm. Or whatever the whatever the uh, addiction is too. Mm, that's mm, they will go mm. there. That's their best friend. Yeah, but that's mm. the one that that's a thing or the behavior that the relationship is formed with. Mm, mm. So there's almost an intimate relationship with with that behavior with with that addiction, mm. and it it steals the intimacy that there is to be between a husband and a wife mm. or between yourself and any other person, you know, because we are talking about intimacy. And once again, I want to emphasize, it's not only physical intimacy. Mm. There's social, there's intellectual, there's emotional. 
all those type of intimacies, that is what couples and what people crave. That is what we want in our deepest being. Connection. Connection. And when that is absent, that brings stress and it brings loss. And we need loneliness. To mm. Loneliness. Mm. Yes, yes. Perhaps, Suki, that is perhaps a good point where we can move over to friendship. Exactly. So, what do we do uh, when we are going into this phase of loneliness or being disconnected, whether it be from your spouse or anybody else? And there's a lot of people, hey? Sometimes mm. people can be lonely, even if there's a house full of people and they're mm. all happy mm. and, and we struggle to connect and we're not quite where they are. And we can feel lonely even when mm. we're with many people. So that is why I think friendships are so, so, so important, mm. especially for people that are in a, on a journey of restoration. And uh, uh, Suki, do you have some ideas? When, you know, we're talking about friendship and what immediately comes to my, I, my mind is social media, mm. Facebook friends Oopsie. and uh, <laughs> uh, WhatsApp friends and so forth. Mm. How do they fit into this, this whole equation of friendships? Yeah, that's so interesting that you mention it because often that's our go-to, right? Mm, but mm. it's not it's not face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. The real connection comes face-to-face. -face. So yeah. sometimes, because we have all these friends on social media, it's, it gives us an illusion of connection. Mm, and it is mm. connection. I'm not denying that it's connection. But it's ideal if we could use that maybe as a bridge into deeper connection. Mm. Instead mm. of just sending the message, maybe leaving a voice note mm. and someone else answering by answering the voice note or mm. picking up the phone. That's something we don't do so often anymore. Call someone. Mm. It really helps for loneliness not to, you know, sometimes we just send messages now for birthdays. And I think, where are those days when people called me? That was mm. much nicer, mm. right? Or, or sent a card. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and also, or use that to arrange a time to get together. Mm. And to be there for each other, there's something about, and I know many of the millennials will say, no, Suki, you're an old lady, I can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how they connect, right? But something important gets lost. So mm. not to only have that, at least some of the time, try to have real connection. And then also to have people that can listen mm. and not just fix you. Oh, so important, Suki. So, so important. And those people that want to fix, mm. they become the unsafe friends, mm. or shall I, or shall I call it just the people that are unsafe? Mm. But you know what? What is sad, Suki, is that if we are caught in our addiction, or we are, we have not journeyed in in restoration. Mm. Those are often the type of friends that we make. Um, because as the addict, perhaps you want somebody to fix you because you're not able to fix yourself. And the partner may be a codependent who who has the need or the desire to fix somebody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to have a, what we call a really safe friend is very, very important. Mm. Somebody that doesn't judge you, that doesn't try and fix you that doesn't condemn you and is, you. is shocked by your stories and that can truly accept and love you uh, um, and, and appreciate and treasure the, uh, the pulls that you are giving mm. them through your story. Mm. 
Absolutely. It's so true what you say. And Frederick, of course, I completely identify with it being the codependent because the fixer. Mm-hmm. That's how we got together, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, we didn't know it then because your addiction was latent then. And mm-hmm. But I grew up being a fixer. I saw my mom fixing my dad up with his and hiding stuff, you know, his mm-hmm. alcohol from him. And that's what I thought. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. That's why we spoke last month. And listeners, if you hadn't listened, please go back and listen to that. How not to help someone in a negative way, but in a positive, upbuilding way. Mm. And so, I mean, it's been years for me. I had to do my own journey to learn not to fix. Mm. And it's hard, just from my perspective, Frederick. Um, I know I think we're getting a lot better with that, even though when we have a lot of stress with like all the load shedding and stuff we had recently, I mean, we get stressed up and then we fall back into our old patterns. And before I knew I control again or I start fixing again Mm. and uh, it's hard for you. But um, it's really hard for people not to not to fix mm. um, because we don't always know. We're trying to help. But at the same time, if I talk from the point of view of the codependent, I mean, it's not so easy if you see that addict falling back in his old behavior, not to also fall back and trying to because we get so worried and think, oh, no, what's happening now? There is going again, doing what he shouldn't be doing. And it's so hard not to fix. Mm. And, no, absolutely. Yeah. And mm. I think that is very important why we need to get the right type of friends. Other friends as well. Right. Yes. That's what you're saying. Not yeah. only your spouse or people that or are very close to mm. you. Yeah. Mm. And especially in this time when we go into social settings where there are dysfunctions. Mm. In other words, you go into an alcoholic home and the alcoholism brings in certain dysfunctions. And it's at that point that we can call a friend Mm. and say, listen, why don't we please arrange a coffee? I really need to get away from Mm. this house Mm -hmm. uh, for one hour. Mm. I can just take a breath. And that is why I think uh, real recovery French are very, very important. Mm. And they are the ones that we need to nurture. And um, and we need to find those friends in places where there is busy recovery taking place. And that's why we often advise people about the 12 steps, hey, mm. and play places like AA, Al-Anon, uh, what are the Sex the, Addicts Anonymous. Yeah, but I'm thinking about the Anonymous. Necron. What is it the uh, people struggling with? In a... Yeah, with Narcotics Anonymous and so on. Yes, mm. and uh, CR, Celebrate mm. Recovery. And now I just want to give listeners a little glimpse of the rest of the weeks mm. um, for this month, what we're going to do. We're going to have um, two interviews with, he calls himself Um Louis Erasmus. Uncle. And, and for those that are yeah, English, it's Uncle yeah. Louis. Yeah. He's 85 years old and he's been in recovery from alcoholism for 50 years. Can you believe it? And he's going to do two programs with us on uh, on how to navigate these times if it's someone struggling with alcoholism. So please be sure to tune in. And then the last week of, of uh, December, we're going to speak to Janice. And Janice is, uh, is from Al-Anon, uh, friends and family members of addicts. And she's going to help, you know, say how, what we can do and how we can, as friends and family members of those struggling with addictions, how we can move through this time. Yeah. So be sure to tune in mm, and listen. Please do. Yeah, it's, we're excited to see what is going to happen this month. Suki, thank you very much for that. And listeners, remember 
to get down to the podcasts um, at the address that I gave you earlier today, kpulpa.co.za podcasts into me see. And if you have anything or you've received anything or got anything from uh, our, our, our programs, please email us or ask us questions at frederiksuki at kpulpit.co.za. We'd love to hear from you and suggest people that can talk on the program. We'd love to hear your stories and to learn from you. Till next time, have a wonderful holiday season. Much love to you. God bless. Bye. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.